Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 46. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about Slow Art Day, what it is and how you can take part. But before that, last week, episode 45, I had a great chat about what we can learn from improv with my guest Samantha Boffin. So do go and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Loads to learn there. And as always, support the show if you'd like to by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bound. I'll put a link in the show notes. And all the links, as always, they're in the show notes and you can find these on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 46. So now let's get on with today's show. So, Slow Art Day. What is it? Well, it's an international event celebrating looking at art in a different way. And this year, it's taking place on the 2nd of April, that's the Saturday, 2022. And it's in around 164 venues around the world. Now that number is going up all the time. So it may be more by the time you listen to this. But what's it all about? So here's what you need to know. So in 2008, Phil Terry visited the Jewish Museum in New York and instead of trying to see everything, the whole collection, he found a couple of pieces to focus on just two paintings. He spent time with Hans Hoffmann's Fantasia and Jackson Pollock's Convergence. Now, Phil wanted to find out what would happen if he looked at art slowly and carefully. And he made many discoveries. He discovered that by taking time with these paintings, he made a deeper connection with them. He also found that when he looked slowly at a piece of art, he discovered that he knew how to look and experience art without an expert or any expertise. And this experiment, this experience has grown into what has now become a worldwide annual all-volunteer event with hundreds of participating museums and galleries internationally. And what all the events have in common is a shared focus on slow looking and the way it can transform the way you look at art. So how does it work? Well, the idea is really simple. You go and look at no more than five works of art for around 10 minutes each. And you can do this as an individual, with a group of friends, or as part of an event at a museum or a gallery or elsewhere. Or you can take part virtually in an online, guided or recorded session. Now, some venues pick five works of art, some focus on just one or two, and others will give you more options. Some events are live, some are recorded, and... Lots of them involve lots of different techniques and tools and activities as well. 
after you've had your art experience, you want to go and discuss it. So if it's just you and a friend, you can go and grab lunch together and discuss your experience. So maybe you could think about, did you have the same experience? Did you notice different things? Or you can take part in an educator or guide-led discussion with a piece of art. And the last part is up to you or the venue where you're taking part. So it really has a lot of flexibility. Now, some numbers that you might want to know about Slow Art Day. So over 1,500 individual Slow Art Day events have taken place since its launch in 2010. And Slow Art Day events have taken place on all seven continents, including Antarctica. More than 700 venues have hosted Slow Art Day events, both in person and online. So that's museums, galleries, sculpture parks, public art sites, artist studios, and so on. And last year, because it was we were in the middle of a pandemic, many events were held outside um, and focused on nature. There were a lot of events virtually due to the pandemic. And there were a huge amount of events that focused on physical or mental well-being. Not all the events last year showcased paintings. There was photography, sculpture and objects also used. And some events focused on unique techniques. So there were some events involving uh, bike riding, colour meditation, drive-by window display and an interesting one with tea as the subject whilst the participants were drinking it at the same time. So some really interesting events happened last year. So here are some highlights from 2021. Now, as I said, this was the second year of the pandemic and many museums were actually physically closed on Slow Art Day last year. But on the plus side, this meant that they could host virtual events and they had participants all over the world. So last year, I participated in some Slow Art Day events in the US online on Zoom. So I've taken some stories here from the Slow Art Day 2021 report. You can find this on the website, the Slow Art Day website, and I'll put a link in the show notes. So the Mass Mocha, that's the Museum of Contemporary Art in uh, Massachusetts, provided a self-guided leaflet for in-person visitors and organised a virtual event for participants at home. And the self-guided itinerary was really interesting because it challenged in-person visitors to take an unhurried look at the exhibitions. But before starting their tour, visitors were invited to try a forest bath outside the museum. So I'm going to read you some guidelines from the leaflet. Start your slow experience by putting your phone away. Plan on going back through the museum after this tour to take photos. Settle into being at the museum by taking in a few deep breaths. As you do so, observe any tensions in your body and release them. Put on hold any distracting thoughts like, I have to see everything. Or what is this place? Next, take a few moments to engage in a forest bath to increase relaxation and awareness. First, take three to four deep breaths in and out. 
stand noticing your feet touching the ground. Look up to enjoy the sky, feel the light on your face. Walk around slowly and take notice of the ground. Notice the trees above, then the trees in the distance. Notice and feel sunlight streaming through the trees and take in the smell. So a lovely moment there from Mass Mocha. What about the Philadelphia Museum of Art? So they held four separate Zoom sessions focused on slow looking, writing, making and mindfulness. And for the slow writing session, participants did a communal writing exploration of portraits and they were asked to imagine and write about the subject's identity. Now, the National Museum of Asian Art in Washington organised a virtual slow-looking workshop specifically for art educators last year, and they wanted to focus on Hokusai, the Japanese artist. And this aim of this session was to share slow-looking ideas and skills that can be applied as teaching methods. So they started their exercise with some relaxation and a mindfulness eye-palming exercise. Then they followed with 10 minutes of observation of the work. And this was without any prior knowledge of the artwork and without any distractions, so no mobile phones. And then participants, who were all art, art educators, remember, they then wrote their responses to the following prompts before they had a discussion. So they were asked to describe, what do you see, to analyse... What do you think the artist made certain decisions? Why do you think the artist made certain decisions in this artwork? Interpret what is the message, story or theme of this artwork? And to inquire, what would you like to know about this artwork? Now, and finally, for last year's Slow Art Day, museums were locked down in a number of places, including in the UK... And so artist Jo Essen, she's based in Birmingham in the UK, she organised a slow-looking bike ride to a local mill. Now, this historical mill called Sahol Mill is today a museum and a bakery, and it's well known for its connection with Tolkien, author of The Lord of the Rings. Now, he once lived across the road from the mill, and it inspired its writings about Middle-earth. So while many large museums ran virtual or in-person events and a lot of smaller museums also ran Slow Art Day sessions, in 2021, Slow Art Day also included Jo Essen and her family looking slowly at nature and architecture. So I hope you can take some inspiration from some of these ideas and maybe you can incorporate it into your own Slow Art Day in 2022 don't forget, slow looking can take place anywhere. You don't have to do it in a gallery. You can do it on your own or with friends. It can take what form you like. So try also looking at nature, at architecture or outdoor sculptures. So what are the values of Slow Art Day? Well, last year, the Washington Post wrote a really interesting article about Slow Art Day. And they shared the idea in this article that... 
Slow Art Day and the act of slow looking are what they called radically inclusive experiences. These are experiences where participants include themselves. So for years, art and the museums that house the art have been very exclusive. Exclusive clubs, places where perhaps you might need to know something about the art before you look at it. And Slow Art Day and I happen to think differently. Art is for everyone. And by slowing down, by looking carefully, allowing questions to form and thoughts to bubble up, the more interesting an artwork becomes. And you don't need to read books about art to understand it. You just need to give it more time. And when you give art more time, connections will start to form and these will be personal connections for you and for you only. So what about my own personal connections to Slow Art Day? Well, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, that I first got interested in slow looking about 10 years ago, actually more than 10 years ago now, when I was working at the Tropen Museum in Amsterdam and developing a new educational programme there. I was using thinking routines and museum education practice And I noticed when I was developing this program how it gave the students the structure to look at objects and art carefully and slowly. And with this method that I was developing there, we had students from ages 5 to 18 looking intently at art and objects for 15 to 20 minutes at a time. So a real case of the more you look, the more you see. And teachers were often surprised at first that their students would only explore three to four objects in a 90 minutes program, but they would all be amazed that their students were still engaged and curious throughout the program right up until the end. So the main focus of this program was letting students slowly explore and discuss art and objects for themselves. And thinking routines, my favourite thinking routines, were the structure to guide their thinking and help them practice, develop certain skills, such as careful observation, thoughtful interpretation, and considering different perspectives. So I was researching my master's thesis in 2011-2012 and I discovered Slow Art Day and I had a chat with founder Phil Terry over Skype and I started to get more involved and I became a regional coordinator, my role sort of as a volunteer just to spread the word about the event and to encourage more museums to take part. And I've been a fan of it ever since, since the beginning. And I've seen how the event and the slow looking movement has grown since then, particularly in the online space and in the last couple of years. So as you know, slow looking is a rewarding process because looking at something slowly and carefully makes whatever you're looking at more interesting. And this works well with all sorts of objects, not just paintings, but the longer you look, the more you get a sense of connection at what you're looking at. And particularly with artworks, that exclusivity I talked about before, sometimes you can look at something and just 
brush it off and say, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But if you stay a little longer, if you look a little harder, you might get more out of the experience. So anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while will know that I love working this way with all age groups. I like challenging adults to spend an hour or more with one artwork or timing a group of teenagers to see how long they can spend discussing a painting. And I really believe that given the opportunity to slow down, people have a more in-depth experience with the museum itself. And anyone, anyone can develop the ability to look at art. We just have to slow down and use our eyes. So now you know what Slow Art Day is, and I wholeheartedly encourage you to take part this year. So April the 2nd, Saturday, April the 2nd, 2022. You can also go to the Slow Art Day website and find an event near you, or you could choose one of the virtual offerings and connect with a museum anywhere in the world. And if you're a fan of slow looking like me, and this podcast, don't forget our new Facebook group. It's called The Slow Looking Club. It's a place for conversation, discussion about engaging with art, objects and life slowly. And as part of this group, we're having regular live slow looking moments. And our first one is today. That's the day this podcast goes out. That's 31st of March, 2022. So you can look for The Slow Looking Club under groups in Facebook or I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're quick, you can join in with our live session today. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening all about Slow Art Day. That's it for this week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.